Hi, Talia Lazarus here, and welcome back to I Got Back Up. Today I'm joined by Ben Tansley. After a motorbike accident left him paralysed, the doctors claimed he would never walk again, but Ben wanted to defy the odds. Not only is he now walking again, but he is back training in the gym and has discovered the immense power of acceptance whilst maintaining an incredibly positive mindset. Through beating the odds, trusting the process, and being in the now, join me through the life of Ben Tansley. What I like to do is I like to go into the past a little bit and, you know, for people to kind of learn a little bit more about you and your words. So kind of whatever resonates with your story and who you are, let's kind of start from around there. Um, I mean, sort of going back many years, I mean, I've always been quite a confident individual, really, you know, very sporty and active. Um, Grew up in a family, I've got two older brothers, you know, always been very competitive. Um, You know, I've been brought up to be kind of men if that makes sense you know I boxed from a very young age like all, all me and my brothers did um, I mean boxing was quite a big part of my youth actually from sort of the age of approximately age dot really but I took it up really seriously when I was probably sort of 13 14 um, got to like number two in the country when I was 17 like national finals got picked to represent England um, I didn't represent England because uh I've kind of been eating too many cakes when they wanted me to do it, so I couldn't quite make weight. But, um, <laughs> but I still have to be asked. Um, you know, I've kind of always had a job from a very young age. You know, I've kind of got a great work ethic. Um, and then I was a father. I was like a parent before I was 21, actually. So my son Jude came along when I was 20 years old. Um, so quite a young dad. And pretty much then, since then, my life has just been being a dad, you know. Everything else took a bit of a backseat. And um, it actually is the best thing about me, you know. The bond I have with my children is amazing. You know, I've got two children. I've got uh, Judy, 17 now, and uh, Fern, who's 15. But as a little trio, you know, we're, we're really great. And, um, yeah, from the age of 20, it's just, just been being a dad. Yeah, that's really lovely to hear. And I... It, well, obviously, I'm I'm not a parent yet, but I always love when I do speak to people that are because you can see how much they love their children, and I've heard it's a love that you'll never really know until you have children. You know, I, I honestly I tell everybody, not not everybody feels it, which is which is strange, but it's the first time I actually felt love. I can remember sort of being in the hospital. We had due quite early hours of the morning, so um, once you've been born, we kind of spent a little bit of time, and then I had to go home. I can remember laying in bed that night thinking, cool, you know, have, have I ever loved anything else? You know, because I actually felt instantly that this little baby just meant more to me than everything. And, you know, you're forever telling your partners, your mum, you know, I love you, I love you. But I thought, God, I've never felt this, you know. But, you, you know, you quickly evaluate it and there's all different types of love, you know. But the love for your children is, is definitely um, a special one. Oh, it's making me smile. It's really nice. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> So obviously now I want to know a little bit more about kind of what happened and led you on the journey of to who you are, obviously not just a father, but who you now are today. Yep. So um, back in 2017, um, like I said, I was a, a young, fit father of two, you know, owned a gym. So I was, you know, relatively in good shape and, and just active. And uh, one day we set out to go on a, on a family day out. My girlfriend at the time, sort of, she, she rode a motorbike, so did I. And the kids had actually never been on, well, Jude had been on the back with the motorbike with me before, but Fern hadn't. So we'd gone out the day before, went and bought all the protective gear and 
out on a family day out that day. It was um, August the 13th, 2017. And uh, we'd been, had a lovely day. We went down the coast, done some crabbing, had some food. And then on the way home, uh, we were traveling down pretty straight road, actually. Kate was in front of me, I had a car behind me. And um, unfortunately, another motorcycle came around the car a little bit too quick. Um, hit me in Jude, knocked us off, um, and I snapped my back. So I was paralyzed from uh, my chest down, so which is T4, which is like nipple height. And uh, yeah, I mean, I can remember, not not the whole day, but you know, I can remember laying on the floor. And uh, I was quite, kind of asked the lady to take my helmet off, and she sort of said, no, I'm not touching you. I was like, please take my helmet off. She was like, I'm not touching you. I think I, I showered once, and please get my helmet off, and then apologized. Um, but I asked her to uncross my legs and she said, oh, you know, your legs aren't crossed. And I said, oh, I've broken my back. So I kind of feel like I instantly knew. And uh, yeah, I was airlifted from hospital to there. And um, yeah, it's been a bit of a crazy journey since, really. What I find really interesting is that you said that you, you like, you knew you'd broken your back. And I think it's one of those things that our body, even if we can't physically see it, our bodies just know. Uh, yeah. which is obvious to say, but our mind really can just know and locate exactly kind of what's going on. Yeah, I think, that, you know, everything happens for a reason. I mean, even even that morning, um, the plan was always to have Fern on the back of the motorbike with me. I mean, Fern was a lot smaller than Jude at the time, so she would have been 10. And I woke up that morning and said to my partner, I said, Fern's not meant to be on the back of the motorbike with me today. I said, I don't know why, but um, I said, I prefer to be on the bike with you. Then I was like, oh, I've never been on a bike. I want to sort of come with you, Dad. So I think I took around the block once or twice. So she just kind of used to be like, used, uh, got used to being on it. And then that day, obviously, yeah. Then I had Judy. We crashed, and I always think, you know, had Fern had been on the back of my, with me, it could have been a lot worse for her. So weirdly, how you get these six senses and know things, it's just uh, it's crazy sometimes. Yeah, I guess it's also the intuition, isn't it? It's it's really listening to your intuition. The a lot we I mean we don't always know that's the thing, but sometimes the feelings are so strong we just do them. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I, I, honestly, I, I mean I'm I'm an advocate for kind of just trusting the process, and 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 I live my life letting life dictate to me what it wants me to do. If that makes sense, like. Um, I can always pull a positive out of a negative situation. Like I am just the. the king of doing that and it's because i just know life works out you know it's it's a complex string you know what what i do affects other people and it just it just it, i don't know it's a crazy world yeah no it really is it really is and well i mean now you're training i mean you're in the gym and you're training hard and so i want to kind of know then what happened next because this is where you are now so what was kind of what was the next steps um so obviously i, I had sort of you know three months in total in, in hospital actually being strapped to a hospital bed um, and very early on I mean I was in and out of consciousness you know I was in intensive care I went through like a I think 10 or 12 hour operation where um, they fixed my spine so my spine is actually fixed like there with metal rod um, and I was told I would never ever be able to stand you know they sat me and my, my parents down and family and said look you know unfortunately Mr. Townsley you, you know you're never going to stand you know you're not going to walk and um, I mean the, re the rehab was really just it was such a 
shock to the system. You know, I weirdly I accepted it like really just there and then. I, I kind of already give myself that diagnosis. I was going to hear hear that sort of lady say that. Still made my stomach go when she did say it, but I was like, oh, you know, this this is it kind of thing. But um, I mean, I went from being someone, like, like I said, athletic. So I couldn't, the first day they came around for physio, the first stage was like, right, we're going to learn you how to sit up. I thought, learn how to sit up? Like, I could do that easy. I'd been strapped to the bed for like two months. He was like, right, you need to do this with your elbow and do that. And I thought, you know, this is simple. But when I started to try to do it, I thought, wow, like I can't even get my head off a bed. And that was how broken I was. But um, the recovery, like, I think I accepted it so quick. And then I just thought, right, I'm going to be the best version of me in a wheelchair. And I'm still going to be the same dad I am. So um, I quickly got myself out of hospital. Um, and then really, yeah, it's just been, I've been an advocate for just being positive and kind of pushing to kind of just live a good life. So, you know, it's been a bit of a journey. Yeah, of course, of course. And I think... Well, that's the thing is when you're told things like that, it's it's hard and it's dark and it, it's everyone takes it very differently. Um, but where was the moment when you kind of maybe thought to yourself or even said, you know, okay, I've been told I'm never going to walk again, but I'm I I, I want to walk again or I'm going to try and walk again. Was there a moment of that? That was actually I can remember on the day because it's, people ask me this before and it's, it's a real strange thing like. Like I always say acceptance is like a superpower, you know, you can't kind of move forward in life if you're still stuck dwelling on what you was or, or how you used to be. Like I think if you're hanging on to things from the past, it's a, it's a guaranteed way to make sure the future's going to be the same. And, um, you know, I can remember early on having stages of thinking, cool, how, how am I going to feel when I go on a night out with the lads or how am I going to feel in this situation? And I kind of quickly told myself, look, you don't know how you're going to feel, so don't worry about it. You know, worry about it at the time. If I get there and I don't enjoy it, then I'll worry about it. But it's pointless worrying about the next six months of what I'm going to feel like when I go on a night out because I don't know. Um, so I accepted things very, very, very early on. And when the lady actually told me, you know, you're never going to walk again, that was, that was weird because I thought, okay, I accept that. I'm not bothered. You know, I've had a life. Jude's safe. That's all that matters. You can walk. You know, I'd rather push myself around in a wheelchair than I would Jude. But in the other breath, I said to the lady, well, how, you know, how do you know that? How do you know I'm not going to walk? And she said, well, look, you know, you've made such a mess of your back. You've damaged your spinal cord. She said, um, it's highly unlikely. And I said, well, actually, you know, in a 10-minute conversation, you've gone from never going to walk to it's highly unlikely. I said, so there is, there is hope. And she actually said, you know, I, I like that attitude. Um, so I accepted I never would, but actually I'd strive to kind of push to, to beat the odds. And that's just been my mentality. You know, accept the worst and hope for the best type of thing. Yeah, it seems like you've had a pretty pretty positive attitude from kind of the get-go, which uh, which is, I mean, it's amazing and it's incredibly inspiring because it's, it's something that I would say not a lot of people have, but not even that, it's just... Usually when people are told things like that, it's, it's hard to even say, you know, there's a little bit of hope. Um, yeah. So that is, that's actually incredible. I think life, like I, I genuinely do live my life. Everything happens for a reason. And, you know, when I look back, I mean, they, they never, they always say like, you never know the importance of a situation until later down the line. You know, some, some good things happen. And actually 10 years down the line, you think, oh, actually that didn't turn out to be that good. Or, 
or something bad can happen and you think it's horrific at the time, but 10 years down the line, you might look back and say, well, actually, if that didn't happen, that wouldn't have put me there. And, and you can piece this jigsaw puzzle together. Um, and I forget where I was going with that, but um, what was the question? Um, oh, you put me on the spot now. <laughs> um, it was about uh, keeping up a positive attitude. Oh, yeah. And um, I always said, like, you know, all, all the things in life had kind of set me up. This accident was always going to happen. You know, that was just part of my story. Um, everything helps for a reason. So, so certain things in life had set me up to deal with that in a way. Like, I always think if I'd have played football, you know, for my whole life, it's such a team sport. Um, you know, you can have a bad game and actually still win. Whereas with boxing, which is kind of what I was pushed in by my dad and enjoyed, such an individual sport, you know, you kind of get out what you put in. No one is in that ring to help you kind of be the best version of yourself. And that's the same with learning to walk. Like, you know, I had that same attitude because nobody else was going to make me walk, only myself. So, you know, certain things like that throughout life just give me that mentality and been in situations are like a nephew of mine he got he got cancer at 18 you know and he dealt with it really well and I think being around those types of things just gave me that mindset of like this this is it you know um accept it and kind of move on yeah and it is it is the jigsaw if you you could go back I mean I'm sure it would take a very long time but you could go back and really piece together every single little thing which leads you to you know, the people you meet, the events that happen in your life, where you are now. Um, and it is a really interesting thing. Everything happens for a reason, because when you look back, you know, your life can be going one direction and sometimes even the smallest thing can happen and it can send you on a completely different path. It does. Uh, and I, honestly, I believe it to the smallest of details. Like even yesterday, I was coming home from work and um, I was going through town. I kept thinking, oh, which way should I go? Which way is going to be the quickest? Like, do I go... This way, I do go that way. And actually, when I come to the T-junction, um, there was a car at park left, and she undone her door to get out. And I thought, well, I'm meant to go right. <laughs> you know, just because I was going to go left, but I see the door undone, and I had to wait for her to get out of the car. And just, you know, life wants me to go right. And I believe it works to that small detail, you know. It's, and not just for my life, but me going left could have done something else for someone else's life. And I just think it's a it's just a web of lives which is blending in for good and bad and right and wrong see i'm smiling because i'm exactly the same as you exactly it's like listening to myself talk <laughs> i'm exactly the same and even to the smallest of details of of being in the car and what 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 direction shall i go today and if for suddenly the way i usually go but i'm suddenly drawn to go a different direction for whatever reason i'll sit there and i'll go there's a reason i've gone this way <laughs> yeah and, you know it might not have any significance to you but you know you could have avoided sending else someone someone else way and, and it just it does work like that and i think when you have that mindset like you never get a negative or bad situation because it's meant to be you know and and it, it just forces you to find the positive in everything and the thing is, I think it's important because you might not see the positive on that car journey. You might not see the positive in that hour, that day, but that little moment may lead you on to something that could actually happen and you may not even be able to, you know, 
locate it back but it can actually end you know make you end up to something that happens in a month or in a year but all the way back to that turning right instead of left and it does you know i mean and, and honestly i could tell you a thousand different things that have happened since my accident um which i've seen materialize and i think that wouldn't have happened if i hadn't had my accident and you know everybody always says to me you know would you go back and, and change it and and I genuinely wouldn't, not because of my own reasons, but because of the positivity which has come out of it for everybody else. You know, if I was to say, yeah, let's go back and go back to my fit and healthy self, like, be so selfish because so much good has come from it. And and even in my own life, you know, like, I'm, you know, life is different, um, but I still have an amazing life, you know, and, and I'm a different version of myself. And I've lost some qualities, but I've gained others. So, um you know, I'm content. So what kind of, um, first of all, that's my favorite question because people ask me it. Um, and I love asking other people. Um, and I love hearing the response. And ironically, everybody says they wouldn't go back and change anything, um, which is so interesting. Um, so with regards to all of that as well, what are the, you just mentioned about the qualities that you may have lost and what you've gained in yourself and kind of what, do you mind giving a few examples? Because I think what's interesting as well is when people do lose themselves or they lose past versions of themselves or qualities of themselves, they really struggle with that because they, they, they cling on to something that might not be there anymore. And that is letting go of the past. Yeah, I think I think um, I still feel like I'm the exact same version of myself like because I've kind of made myself be like that. I didn't want to come home because I, I quickly understood as well, if, if I come away and I'm different and I'm down or sad, that don't just affect me, it affects the children, it affects my parents. So I didn't want to come home and be a different version of myself as such. But, um, you know, my biggest attribute, like I said, from a young age was like my, my physical ability, you know, my, my confidence in myself, you know, um, I was always brought up to be kind of like a leader rather than a follower. So, you know, you drop me in a, in a group of people, I would always be the one that kind of led the way, that that type of thing. So, you know, and, and if if a house set on fire down the street, you know, I'd have been the first one running down there to kind of run in and save everybody. That was just the type of person I was. So the things I loved about myself the most was that self-belief, um, but from a physical aspect. And that kind of got stripped away from me straight away. I, I, I kind of always referred to myself as like a wounded lion. You know, I went from this in my own head, somebody who could do anything to somebody who was actually just strapped still. You know, I went from being the person who would save everybody in a fire to the person that had to be sat there and wait to get saved. So it was such a identity, not crisis, but it was like, wow, you know, I'm different. But actually the mindset of that still kind of is there and it actually got highlighted more you know um so before being in the gym i could have given a hundred people advice about diet or nutrition and not many people really bought into it or went and implemented it whereas now if i give someone advice about life or positivity and outlook you know they go away and actually do use it and it changes people for the better so um you know never before and i think i think you kind of get that internal acceptance as well like i'm very big on on energies and, and vibrations like I think people vibrate in a certain way and and you do feel that you know like you, you can hear a happy song um, and it lifts your mood you can hear a sad song loads of mood and it's all due to like vibrations and, and never before did my in my accident did anyone come up to me and say 
oh, you've got really good energy about you. Like, I never got that. But for some reason, after this accident, I, I get so many people come up to me and say, do you know what, you've just got good energy. I've, I've kind of, I can remember wheeling through um, London in my wheelchair and some lady literally chased me for like 50 metres. And she sort of tapped me on the shoulder and made me jump. And I was like, oh, hi. She was like, I've followed you for ages. She said, you're really fast in that. I was like, oh, thanks. She said, I've just got to tell you, though, she said, you've got such a lovely energy about you. And I thought, well, why is that now, you know? And I think it's just because internally I was just more content with, with myself. You know, I kind of, I just accepted. I, like, I'm very much in the now. So um, I think that's the best thing to come from. Like, I'm more in the now and, and living happily than I probably was before. You know, I was very driven before, which isn't a bad thing. But But now I'm just more about today and that's it yeah and i i love that because it is being in the present and and being in the now and but that's the thing it comes with like small things in life and being in the present and being in the now is is so important yes obviously think about the future um you know because you have goals and or, or worries or whatever that are, are in the future that's okay but living in the now and living in the present is so important i think people people underestimate it so much not a lot of people do it now, I mean, you can't blame people for kind of like everyone has goals, ambitions, and, and everyone's striving to be better. But I think if every day you're you're waking up thinking about what you should be doing or where you want to be, you're kind of just losing that that now, and you're kind of actually never living, you know, because you're always kind of just trying to better yourself, you know. And I think just waking up and actually thinking, I'm happy to just wake up. You know, like uh, someone asked me the other day, you know, what, what is it about life you like? Like, I, I just honestly, I wake up, I like the fact that I get to see the sunrise, I like the, the fact that I get to see the moon at night, you know, it's just, I'm, I'm just the simple things. And I think when you, when you really lower the expectations of what you want from life and keep it simple, then, then life does become pretty amazing, you know. I agree. And it, it, it tailors in and ties in with um, gratitude. And like you said, you know, waking up and watching the sunrise and watching the moon at night. I mean, that's something that you're clearly grateful for. And it's, it's lovely because it's being in the present, but also having the gratitude of the things that you have today and where you are today. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. A, a simple life is a good life. And uh, I think, you know, when, when, when we're unhappy, it just, it does mean life's not going the way we want, we want it to. Um, but we set those we set those parameters, you know. So, you know, if you if you have so much, I don't know, like stress, like I need to be doing this, I need to be doing that, then life is always going to be a bit of a struggle. But whereas, if you don't give all those pressures on yourself and you just keep it simple, then you know the expectations are met and and everyone wakes up with a smile. Yeah. And you know what, smiling, smiling also is so underestimated. I think, like you're talking about energies, smiles can be infectious and you can see someone's smile plastered on their face and it just makes you smile. Um, so that's why it's nice to sometimes even, I, I mean, I smile at strangers sometimes. I say sometimes quite a lot. <laughs> because, and not everyone smiles back, that's fine. But when I do see someone smile back, it then makes me smile more because... These, this is a interaction between two complete strangers and I might never see that person again, but I don't know if me just smiling at that person um, walking down the street might have made their day because who knows what they're going through. And that's what you're saying about smiling is just, I think a lot of people need to smile more. 
Yeah, you know, I think definitely good moods do vibrate, you know, sort of. And I mean, I'd, I'll often go through Starbucks drive through and um, I'll pay for the person behind me, you know, not for any other reason. I'll say, look, you know, can I pay for the person behind? I'll say, well, I say, it's just like an act of random kindness. Um, but I drive away smiling because I know that when they get to that window, they are going to smile, you know, and I just think, they'll be happy with that. I'm happy with that. You know, it's probably cost me seven, eight pounds. It's nothing. Um, and I'm hopefully, well, actually, you know, and I always think what, hopefully one day they'll do the same gesture. You know, it happened to me when I was, as was a very young kid, I was in America with my parents and we got to a uh, toll, you know, on the road. And um, I would have been probably 10, 11 years old. And the, the man on the, the toll said, oh, the lady in front's paid for your act of random kindness. And that stuck with me from, from that age. And I, and I do it so much now. And when I was driving for physio, it was a two-hour drive to my physio and back. And I'd always stop at McDonald's on the way home and have a coffee and a wrap. And um, I used to do it there. So I'd pay for the, for, for, for the lady behind. And then one day I, I came to the window and the young lad on the till said, uh, that's okay, I've paid for that. And I was like, why is that act of random kindness? So he'd watched me do this for like the last year and then he done it. And I thought, oh, you know, what an amazing thing that kind of finally caught on to somebody else. So, yeah. Yeah, it's a case of, you know, you can, if you just change one person's life that day, you know, that person changes another person who changes another person. And that's kind of how it kind of does end up going around the world in a way. I think so, yeah. I think there's, there is a balance to it. Like, you know, um, there has to be as much positive stuff as there is negative. You know, there, there's always going to be those negative situations and, and stuff. I think it is just how it works as a balance. But you know, if you can if you can spread a bit of positivity in everyone around you, then then the world is going to be a better place. No, I agree. I agree. And then just kind of on the topic of, I guess, negativity and a little bit more of darkness. Obviously, I can see and that you are an incredibly positive person and everything you've been through, you have this incredible positivity and the mindset that you bring. But were there times, of course, where it did get pretty dark, what you were going through? Um, so I think everybody has to deal with, the, like, you, everyone has to process everything at some stage, you know. I don't know why. I, I accepted it very early on and, and I don't have down days. Like, I'm very much... I still have negative thoughts every now and then. Like it might be something silly. Like um, I'll be in the gym and there'll be someone doing pull-ups, and, and I think oh, I could have done more than you, you know. And, and I'll have that, but it's as quick as I think it. I'm, I'll be like, but you can't, you know. So I have similar things like that. But I probably the lowest I, I had to say. So I'd been with my partner for maybe ten years, and um, I'd been paralysed maybe a year and maybe a year and a half and uh haven't had a down day like not at all and we broke up and then i think i sort of went through a, like a month or two months of just like not being myself um and i think at that time i actually processed not just a breakup but actually being paralyzed as well because all of a sudden that was like i was like wow like okay now i am i'm single and paralyzed in a wheelchair like who's gonna want me that type of thing and I don't think I did, I hadn't processed it for the last year and a half. I'd just been so busy with physio and, and just doing everything. I'd overstepped that recovery stage. So I think I processed two things at once, if that makes sense. So, you know, 
everyone kept saying to me, oh, you're going to be down, you're going to have this. And I thought, I'm not. But I had certainly had a couple of months there of just being in my own head and, you know, you just, you just random things you think. And, and I quickly processed it and thought, yeah, I, I'm at where I'm at. You know, someone's going to want me. But I definitely had the lowest point then of processing the two things. Yeah, and I think that's what happens sometimes. It just, it all comes at the same time. Um, it's maybe if you don't even realize that it's slowly creeping in or, you know, your cup's slowly filling and then suddenly that's it. It all just overflows at the same time. And I, it happens to a lot of people, um, a lot of people. And I think some, some people are good at dealing with certain situations and some people are not good at dealing with others. Like, you know, when it comes to me personally and, like, and, and, and that recovery being power, I, I accepted it so quick. wasn't bothered. I thought I could still have a good life. But actually going through breakups, you know, I don't deal with those too well. You know, it's kind of just, it takes a bit of time. I'm a bit quiet, you know, but it's everyone, you know, you can't be good at everything. <laughs> No, you can't. And um, breakups, break. I mean, breaks up. Break up. Sorry, breakups are a whole different topic. But um, yeah, n I don't think anyone really can deal with them. Okay. <laughs> uh, well, you know, you meet some people, and they're like done, and there's cut off, and there's no, I don't know, no emotion to it. But yeah, I'm certainly not one of those type of people. It takes me a little process. <laughs> I think it's good to have emotion, so especially towards a breakup. <laughs> yeah, you know. Like I said, it's, um, some things I'm good at, some things I'm not. No, absolutely. Yeah. No, absolutely. So where, I mean, where where are you now with regards to your fitness and everything? Um, So so I'm up, I'm walking now with crutches. So I kind of made a conscious effort to dump, dump the wheelchair probably a year and a half ago. I kind of just was, was sort of using the two. But now I'm, I'm mainly up. I, I use crutches. Um, or a shopping trolley around Tesco's. I'm, I'm quite good with the shopping trolley. It's probably where I did my best walking, actually, believe it or not. But, uh, you know, or I can pot around the house and I'll hold on things. So I'm up and then I'm up. And, then, and yeah, life's, life's good. You know, I'm, I'm back doing lots of fitness. I've kind of back doing a bit of diet. And um, I'm now sort of this year is kind of getting a few charity things in place as well. I've kind of just partnered with Red Bull for a charity event I've got coming up. And yeah, just putting putting some time back into life and, and other things which are a bit more rewarding. Yeah, no, of course. That's I mean, that's the thing. It's amazing that you know, you were once told that you're probably not gonna walk again, but it's shown your determination and your drive, um, and your strength, because I think everyone has a lot more strength than they ever realise inside. And it's finding the way to channel that strength into into being able to do the things that maybe you're told you're not gonna be able to do. Yeah, well, you know, telling me I can't do something is it's like, like like red rag to a bull for me. It's like I'm very much, I like to prove people wrong. And, and so that for me was always, as much as it's horrible to hear, that was like the biggest challenge I was ever going to get. Um, but I tell people, like, like I'm, I'm only standing and walking because I remain positive. You know, I didn't allow myself to get down, depressed or sad. Um, so I would give my body that best environment to kind of heal. And, you know, I always say to people like, if someone contacts me and they've just been newly paralyzed and in, in, in a bad way, I'm like, you know, the more positive you can keep your mindset, the better chance you're going to have of anything, you know, and it's just life's going to be a lot better if you can just keep your mindset in the right place, you know, um, and that all comes back down to that acceptance, you know, like you are where you're at, you know, um, the quicker you can get your head around that, you know, the quicker you're going to recover, the better you're going to be.
Yeah. I mean, and it's, I mean, that's incredible advice because what I was going to ask you next is, you know, if you had advice for somebody that maybe was recently paralyzed, you know, p- apart from the positivity aspect, because obviously that's incredible, but what, what else would you say to them if they were at that level? Um, I think, yeah, certainly sort of process it, you know, take a little bit of time. Um, and, and like, I always just like go down that acceptance route of like, you know, life is still amazing, you know, and that's what I'm ab- an, an advocate for. Like you, you might think you can't do this, you can't do that. You can do absolutely anything if you want to, you know, okay, it might be a hundred times higher than it was before, but if you really want to do it, you know, there's still an amazing life to live. Um, and don't just kind of accept it, you know, don't sit there and kind of think this is all I've got because you can do so much more. Um, and sometimes people lose that hope, you know, so it's, it's kind of just realizing there is, there is a life to be had. No, I agree. And I think it's important to know in what you were saying that you can try things one, two, three, ten, twenty different ways, but it's not always going to fit the first time, the 20th time or the 50th time. But if you have that hope and you just keep going, you will find that one moment and that one time and that one way where it does work for you. And then things get easier, you know, like, I, you know, coming home and trying to get out my wheelchair onto my bed, you know, the first time was a nightmare. You know, second time was a nightmare, but after six months, you know, you, you kind of roll up to your bed and almost do a somersault. You know, things just get easier the more you do them. Um, so, yeah, trust the process. Yeah, trust the process. I, I like that a lot. I do. So, is there anything else that you want to share or discuss today? Um, no, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm kind of a bit of an open book. You know, I'm always, people can send me messages and I'll, I'll answer everything, you know. And it's just, uh, yeah, I don't know. I just, I just live an honest, happy life, really. Yeah, I can, you know, I can see, I mean, for anybody that's listening and can't see visually, I can see the smile on your face and you've actually had it on your face pretty much the whole of the, uh, the whole time we've been talking. So, which is really nice. It's making me smile back. <laughs> yeah, yeah they, they catch. <laughs> yeah. Well, like I said, smiles can be infectious. <laughs> yeah, indeed. So if anybody does want to reach out to you, where can they find you? Uh, so Instagram sort of mainly, uh, it's, it's uh, Tano underscore HD, so T-A-N-O underscore HG um and there's yeah I mean I get loads of different messages um and not all spinal cord related you know uh I try to answer as many as I can so yeah definitely send me a message along there and um you know and even you know like certainly if if somebody's been newly paralyzed you know I've traveled to the other end of the country to go spend a day with, with someone, you know, and I, and I don't, I do it off my own back because I enjoy it. You know, I, I know me going and spending a day with someone like that can actually make a massive difference. And I've seen it firsthand with, with some people. So, you know, if anyone ever wanted me to come down and, and see them after such an injury, like, yeah, generally, please reach out. Oh, well, thank you. That's amazing. It's been a pleasure to talk with you today. Thank you so much for joining me. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. Ben's story reminds us that we too can beat the odds with hard work, determination, and a huge dose of self-belief. So this week, think about something that you were once told you wouldn't and couldn't do, and yet you still did it. So you did it once, what means you can't do it again? Or you might be there for the very first time. And I want you to know that you are a lot stronger than you realize. 
Just because someone else or even yourself has told you that you can't achieve something, don't stop there. Believe in yourself and your abilities and that you can and you will. And if anything, I hope you too have a smile on your face right now. So stay tuned for more incredible stories and thank you for joining us. Until next time, remember that you have the power to get back up.